Lord Jesus, thank you that there is truly none like you. But even in your almighty power, in your perfection, in trying to describe you with our limited words, there is also none like you, Lord, because you have made a way for us to communicate with you through prayer. You allow us, Lord, in fact, you desire that we speak to you through prayer. So, Lord, even as our minds are set on this idea of just how amazing, big and powerful and all-encompassing you are, Lord, you are also saying, I'm right here and near to you. And there's truly none like you, Lord. Thank you that we can approach you this morning out of rest. Thank you that we can approach you out of normal communication and conversation. And thank you, Lord, this morning that you are having an appointment with every single one of us through the preaching of your word. We thank you for that this morning in Jesus' name. And we all say, Amen. Well, it's my joy this morning to lead us into the word of God as we continue in this journey through prayer. It's been three weeks in and it's been an incredible journey. I hope that you are engaged in this journey. I hope that you're doing the prayer course in your small groups or that you're signing up to join it somewhere. It is worth your while. We are hearing amazing testimonies of how God is just stirring our hearts and how He is teaching us to pray. That is, that is the title of this journey we are in, Teach Us to Pray. This is something that the disciples specifically asked of Jesus to do. And we are in this journey of learning how to pray, pray more, pray more effectively, pray better, and pray with understanding. And, and I'm excited for what God is still going to do. I just love learning from the kids, learning from Zander this morning and, and last week, and the children that's still going to speak to us in the weeks to come. I think if we just have faith like children more often, we would see prayer as a very simple thing, like we've learned this morning. And I hope adults that you are tuning into Kids Church as well, because there's something to, for every one of us to learn. So this morning, I believe it's going to be super practical. We're going to not just be talking about praying, but I'm going to lead us to a place where we're physically going to be praying in our homes for a moment and pray in accordance to what I have have taught this morning. So I've been praying for you and throughout this morning I'm going to pray for you as I preach the word and teach you something that I believe if you understand this it will unlock your world of prayer. And very simply this morning we're going to talk about praying the Bible. This book that we have in our hands, the word scriptures however you want to call it, filled with so much in it but Inside of the Word of God is locked up an endless space of prayer for us. It is truly our greatest toolkit when it comes to our, uh, our tool in the toolkit when we think about prayer. As long as we have the Bible in our hands, we will have prayers in our mouths. Just opening it up and, and, and learning and, and seeing what's in there, but then understanding the language of the Bible speaks to us about who God is, but it helps us to speak back to God. I once had a friend who asked me a question when I entered ministry, saying, Pierre, aren't you scared that you would ever run out of sermons? Which I think is a, probably a good question to ask, but I didn't answer immediately. I thought about it for a moment, and I realized, you know what? The Bible is something that we continue studying for as long as we live. And every time I study it, there's something more in it. And every time I look at it and read a passage, maybe for the hundredth time, I learn something new about God and His character and His nature. And therefore, in the same way, 
as we use the Bible to pray, our language of prayer would, is going to become colorful and it's going to change us. And, and this morning we're going to see just how powerful it is to use the Bible to pray. It's almost as if the Bible is our alphabet for prayer. It's the foundation. Just like you have got to learn your A, B, C, D, E, F, Gs all the way to Z at the end. The Bible is filled with the language that we need to commune with God. And through it, He's constantly speaking to us. If you've been battling to hear the voice of God, just open up the Bible. You'll be hearing Him speaking to you right now, today. And even as we open it up today, may you hear Him speak to you. See, when you pray the Word, you won't run out of words to pray. When you pray the Word, you won't run out of words to pray. Because it's an endless invitation. It is completely just unceasing in, in teaching us about who God is. And we can pray time and time again. Psalm 23, we all know so well, but how many times have you prayed that? The Lord is my shepherd. Nothing else is my shepherd but you, Lord. You are my shepherd. I don't look to things in the world to be my shepherd. I don't look to my family to be my shepherd. I don't look to my boss to be my shepherd or the community I live in. Lord, you are my shepherd. You see how easy it is and how quickly it puts language in our mouth to speak to God. I love the first example of the church. As we see it in the book of Acts and then the letters out of that to the church, the epistles. But the first church just really got this idea of prayer. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, which is the preaching of the word, to fellowship, which is community, to the breaking of bread, which is being reminded of what Christ has done through the sacrament of communion, but they devoted themselves to prayer. In fact, in Acts chapter 6, verse 2, leadership held this idea of prayer so highly that they said, we need some people to help serve the tables. And they said this, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So throughout the New Testament church and later on in the epistles, we see that prayer and the word constantly run together. And these leaders understood it. Not just the leaders, but the congregants, the church understood that we should have fellowship. We should hang out and be followers of Jesus and disciples of Jesus together. We should be hearing the word preached to us. We should remember the cross through communion, but we should also deeply be in prayer. And these things, I think, run concurrently and together all the time. So the word and praying the word is just what Christians do. It is what we do as the church of Jesus Christ. Now, throughout Scripture, God's people has always been praying the word. There's examples in the Old Testament. I think of Nehemiah chapter 9, where they were praying scriptures from before. And then there's examples in the New Testament. In fact, even Jesus himself used the Bible, the Word, the Scriptures, to pray. There's the moment where He was on the cross and He gives us this example. He's hanging on the cross and He prays these words, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And what He was praying was Psalm 22 verse 1. He was actually praying the words of a psalm that David prophetically wrote before about Jesus and this moment and these two link up. Now, yes, Jesus had a very specific reason for praying that, but he even used scriptures himself to pray. And later on in the series, as we talk through spiritual warfare, we'll see how the Bible is the sword of God and how Jesus, when he was faced with Satan himself, 
He simply used scriptures. So in a certain, to a certain extent, it kind of takes the pressure off us a little bit. We've been saying that prayer is a simple conversation. It's being real and honest and just normal with God. But then also sometimes when we feel like we're lacking in the words to pray, if we just open up the word, there will be something to speak to God about and He will definitely be speaking to us. When I think about praying the Bible, what it does to me is it fuels my affection for God and it focuses my attention on the prayers I pray. Sometimes when I sit and pray and it's just Pierre speaking in his own words to the Lord, I find my mind drifting off or going elsewhere. But when I sit with a psalm and I, I go through it systematically and I, I pray the first few words and I think about what I'm saying and I'm saying, yes, Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. What does a shepherd do? Wow, Lord, thank you that you take care of me, that you, that you cover me, that you protect me, that you walk beside me. You see how it keeps our focus on him, how it feels our affections towards him. A wise pastor once says that you can pray all day if you pray the Bible. If you open up the Bible, start reading it, and pause at every verse, and you turn it into a prayer, you can pray all day long. And that's just how simple it is. If you think about the example of our Father's prayer, our Father who is in heaven. I'm going to make it practical for a moment. You're a Father. Lord, thank you for being a Father. Thank you that you're as close as a dad that loves a child. Lord, and you are in heaven. Thank you that your position is one of authority, that you sit above this world and you are beyond this world and you're sitting in the perfection of your holiness. Hallowed be your name, Lord. Wow, when I think about you and your beauty and waking up this morning to a new day and hearing the birds and seeing the mountains and, and going down to the ocean and smelling the ocean air, Lord, you are worthy to be worshipped. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, will you bring the fullness of what you have in my life? Your kingdom is one of righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Lord, I desire that kingdom to come. And I pray, Lord, that your will will be done in my life. Teach me your will. Teach me your will as I read your word and as I spend time with others. Give us today our daily bread. Jesus, there's stuff I need today. Thank you that you've taught me to ask for it. I pray today that, Lord, that you would provide for the things that you know I need. Thank you that you have said that our Father knows that we need these things even before we ask Him. So I pray today, the things I need for today, let it be mine. Lord, and forgive me just as I forgive others. Jesus, I made some silly mistakes yesterday. I want to bring them to you. Forgive me for those thoughts. Forgive me for those actions. Lord, and help me forgive others. There's this one and that one that I still need to forgive. Lord, help me forgive them. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Jesus, protect me. Protect me in my walk. Protect me in my thoughts. Protect me in my relationships. Lead me in life everlasting. That was me simply praying scripture and the Lord's Prayer. And I didn't just make up these words. I meant what I said there. And I did that on purpose to show you when we have this and we open it up, we have something to say to God and He's speaking right back at us. Because there was a moment there where I'm like, Lord, what do I have to ask forgiveness for? <laughs> I know it was coming up and I'm like listening 
to the prompting of his voice. And the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And in that moment, I felt Holy Spirit just lay on my heart. There were some bad thoughts yesterday, and I haven't said sorry for them yet. You see how simple it is to pray the word? Jesus teaches this as well. And I'm going to read for us two simple verses out of one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, John chapter 15. I'm going to read verse 7 and verse 8. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Jesus speaks about abiding. He says, if you abide in me, which is really relationship. It's that place of deep, intimate connection with him. And that's where we started the series and the prayer course. It's relationship with God. It's being in communication and friendship and relationship with him. He says, if you live there, and that's where you dwell constantly, and if my words, my word abide in you. In other words, the scriptures. The beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word came into the earth, and the word representing Christ, but also the written word and the rhema word, if that abides in you, if you then pray and ask, and whatever you pray and ask, it will be done for you, and it will produce fruit, and this will glorify my Father. Now, I want to look at these things, and before I do, let me quickly paraphrase this. Being constant, connected relationship with me, is what Jesus is saying. Let my word dwell richly in you and pray from that place. You will see fruit on your prayers. The Father will be glorified. And then it continues saying that the world will know that you are mine. And that's, I believe, Jesus saying, pray the word. Have relationship with me. Have the word in your life. And out of that place, you pray. So I want to look at three very simple things to encourage you in praying the Bible. Bible-based prayers are truth-filled prayers. The moment we open up the Bible to pray, we're praying truth. It is very easy for us to pray, pray and pray non-truths or half-truths. Because we're just human like that. <laughs> Sometimes our own emotions get in the way or our own thoughts or our own preferences. But when we pray the Bible, we are truly praying the truth. That's why Jesus said, you have to know my language. You've got to have my words in you. This is the best language that you could pray with. Let's use a practical example. John 16 verse 3, Jesus says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Let's just think about praying that scripture for a moment. I would love to pray, Lord, take all trouble away from me. The reality is, the truth of Scripture is Jesus saying, well, in this world, you will have trouble. So although I want to pray that and say, Lord, take all the trouble away from my life, it ain't going to happen because truth is that life is troublesome and there will be troubles. So what's the truth in what Jesus said? The truth is that take heart. I'm giving you peace. I've overcome the world so when you go through troubles, think about the good things and not the troubles. Think about the fact that I've given you peace. And then my prayer changes. It's, Lord, thank you for leaving your peace with me. Thank you that you've overcome this world on the cross. So in this moment of trouble, Lord, 
I trust you and I know, Lord, that things will be better and it will work out according to how you determine it because I love you. You see, it changes the way we pray. I would love to pray, Lord, no trouble, but he says, it's just life. Life happens and life is hard at times. So let's pray the truth. Another example is out of the book of Lamentations. It's a hard book to read. It's strong. And in Lamentations chapter 3, the author writes just about the most dark space he could possibly find himself in. I've once read it in a message translation, and the one verse there is like, Lord, you locked me in a cave and you threw away the key. He felt so far removed from God and and the darkness and the valley and the affliction he was in made him feel very far from God. I love how honest and real he was with him. But he changed his tune. Listen to this. He says, I remember my affliction and my wanderings. My soul continually remembers it. Maybe you're feeling like that today. Your soul is continually remembering your afflictions. It is bowed down within me. He speaks about his demeanor going down. He says, but this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. And he continues, he says, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. See, when we pray scripture like that, it changes us because we're praying truth. The reality around us might be super difficult. It might feel like we're in a cave and God is not hearing our prayers. But, that word but is so strong, but I have put my hope in this. And he's quoting what he's heard before through the generations before. That God's steadfast love is enduring at all times. It is new and fresh every single morning. He continues saying, the Lord is so good to those who wait for him. To the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Let him sit in silence when it is upon him. We've got to get to that place where we wait silently upon the Lord. Say, Lord, I put my hope back in you. See, the Bible teaches us to pray truth, but also to pray balanced and correct prayers. And that's what Jesus said. Abide in me and my words in you. When his words are in us, we will be praying truth. When we open up his word, we will be praying truth. The second thing I want to talk about is that Bible-based prayers are faithful prayers. Jesus continues his thought. He says, if you abide in me and my word in you, ask anything. Yes, that's a whole lot of faith right there. He says, if you abide in me and my words in you, ask anything. Now, I've read that before and I thought, wow, Jesus, that, that's quite bold and perhaps quite risky. But I think Jesus knew that the one who is truly abiding in him and that person who's truly abiding in him has the word truly abiding, abiding in his life and, and the word is part of his or her life, that the asking will be in alignment with God's kingdom. Therefore, Jesus said, you can ask anything and it puts faith in us. How do we get faith to pray? How do we have faithful Bible-based prayers? Well, Romans 10 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing through the words of Christ. And when we pray the Bible, faith increases massively. Then it's not just me hoping for a little bit of a breakthrough. Then it's not just me, oh, come on, Jesus, help me. It's so tough. Then I, I've got faith in my spirit. I've got faith in my mouth. 
And Jesus loves responding on that. I've got a little booklet here called Biblical Confessions. And this is one of the ways that you can pray the Bible. I'm just going to use two examples, but maybe you need faith. And the topic here is faith. These are all scriptures that you can pray. I can do all things through you, Christ, who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. By you, my God, I can run against troops and leap over a wall. 2 Samuel. Lord, you make my feet like deer's feet. You make me walk upon high places. With, the, with man, this is impossible, but with you, all things are possible. Matthew 19.26. I trust in you, the Lord, with all my heart, and I do not lean on my own understanding. Proverbs 3 verse 5. I'm not ruled by circumstances. I'm above circumstances. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. Ephesians 2 verse 6. Psalm 37. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by you, Lord. So when circumstances are hard and I need to know which step to take, I can take Ephesians 2 verse 6 and I can take Psalm 37 and I can pray it and I can say, Lord, remind me of my position, that I'm seated with you in heavenly places and Lord, that I am righteous before you. So I ask that you would lead my steps. When you have scriptures like that, your prayers change and your faith rises. Here's another topic that you can pray into. Destiny and calling. Where have you battled with this idea of your calling and your destiny and where you're heading to? Imagine just praying these scriptures. God, your eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth in order to show yourself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are fully blameless towards you. Jesus, I stand blameless before you because of your cross and my confession I pray, Lord, that you would show yourself strong in my life in this season. Show yourself strong to the things that you have called me in my calling and destiny. You reward those who diligently seek you. Hebrews 11 verse 6. And I can carry on just praying scriptures. But that's how we do it. We open up the word and then it's truth. Whatever we then pray will completely align with God and all his plans and his purposes. But then as we pray, come on, faith rises up and we feel a sense of victory already in our prayers. And then this brings me to the last thought around this and Bible-based prayers and the most exciting one possibly. Bible-based prayers are fruitful prayers. If you want to see a flourishing, fruitful prayer life, I want to encourage you to just pray the Bible. Because Jesus said, those who abide in me and my words in him, Truthful prayer will ask anything, faithful prayer, and it will be done. Fruit will be seen. And then he says, that fruit will be so gloriously beautiful that the Father will be glorified and that the world will see that I am His. When we pray truth and apply faith, we will see fruitfulness. I want you to think about a time in your life when that was true about you. You took the word, you read it, it stirred faith in your heart and you prayed with faith and then there was a result. You see, that's the power of biblical prayer. There's many ways we can pray, but when we pray the Bible, we can expect truth to be in our mouths, we can expect faith to rise and we can expect fruit to come to us. A couple of weeks ago, I was speaking to a young pastor who pastors a church in a township outside of Port Elizabeth and he was telling me the story of how he desired more of the power of God in his life. And what he did is he was at a hospital visiting someone and down the corridor there was a man who was just going crazy, 
mentally ill, off the rails, shouting and screaming. And as he was looking at this man, he realized that this man is demon-possessed. So he walks up to this man as the scripture encourages us, because we've got Jesus, and he goes with the love of Jesus and the power of Jesus, and he, and he speaks to this man and trying to figure out, and then he addresses this demon and says, in the name of Jesus Christ, leave. And this guy started swearing at him. And he went home, and he was deeply distraught, because he thought that he would have seen the power of God. And then he was sitting with the scriptures. He said, Jesus, what is it? What am I missing? What am I doing wrong? How do I need to change my prayers and my actions to see that broken man set free? And he said, as he was thinking, the Lord led him to the passage where the disciples came back to Jesus and said, we could not drive out a demon. And Jesus said, well, it's only by prayer and faith that that kind comes out. And he went to his wife and he said, Jesus has given me the way forward. I'm going to pray and fast and you're going to pray and fast for three days and I'm going to go back to the hospital. You see, because that's truth. He was holding it on the words of Christ. And then his faith risen in that moment to say, well, if Jesus said that and I apply that, there must be fruit. And then what happened is he went back three days later, walked into the room. There was this man and his parents was in the room with him. And he explained who he was and why he was there. And he asked their permission to pray for him. And he simply said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command this evil spirit to go. And in a moment that man was healed and set free. Guys, I want to say this to you. If we just pray truth and the Bible, our faith will rise and we will have fruitful and colorful prayer lives. We will see the signs and wonders and miracles. And I'm going to take us to a moment to a story in Acts chapter 4 to conclude this morning. The context in Acts 4 is this, that the apostles were before the authorities that's taken them captive and at the same time, while Peter and John was before the council, the believers were praying for their release. And then they were released and they went back to their believers. And then I want you to see how the believers prayed truthful prayers that led them to pray faithful prayers that led them to have fruit in their lives. So let's read together Acts chapter 4 verse 24. They lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness, while you stretched out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Here the disciples are in a bit of a tricky scenario. The church has just been planted and it's flourishing. But the next moment they start being taken captive 
for their beliefs. If that was me, maybe if that was you, I possibly would consider to cower back a little bit of my faith. But this example is stunning because here's what they did. They thought about the scriptures. They thought about the word. They thought about Psalm 2. Because what they prayed was actually from Psalm 2. He says, You spoke this for our father David. Why do the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and His anointed. They were praying scripture. Because they realized in the moment that the truth in this scenario is that that scripture is now being fulfilled. That Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles, the nations, were raging against Jesus. But I'm sure as they were thinking about Psalm 2, they knew the full psalm. Because Psalm 2 continues with this. It says that God sits in heaven and He laughs. Why is He laughing? It says He holds the nations in derision. Why? Why this image of God sitting in heaven and He sees this taking place and there's a smile on His face? It's because God is unmoved by this. And then Psalm 2 ends with, Blessed are those who take their refuge in Him. So when these believers, these first believers were together, they said, we're going to pray truth. Jesus, you said that the nations will turn against Christ and they're going to rage. But we're going to pray with faith because that psalm continues saying that when we are in you, we are blessed. And when we make you our refuge, we can rest in that. And Lord, you sit in heaven and you are unmoved. But they didn't just pray the truth and prayed with faith. There was fruit. Because then they said, Lord, now give us boldness to take this word. And in the next moment, the Holy Spirit descended upon them and He filled them with power and they left that room and they continued to show the kingdom to the world that they are in. If we get this today, that Bible prayers are truthful, it stirs faith in us, it's faith-filling, and that it's always fruitful. Come on, will we not pray so much more? And that's really my charge to you, that we would look at this example of these believers praying scriptures, knowing what God is doing, trusting in Him, having faith for greater boldness, and seeing fruit in our lives, in our families, in our community, in the nation of South Africa, and into the nations of the world. So this morning, we're going to give you an opportunity to pray the Bible. We're going to put up my main scripture this morning again for you to look at out of John chapter 15. I'm just going to read it to us once more. It'll be up on the screen as well. But it says this, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Look at every one of those words. Look at any one of those phrases. And take the next five to ten minutes it'll be up on the screen and then pray the word use these verses and these words to speak to him if you're in a room with people do it together do it out loud if you're by yourself you can do it in your heart you can do it out loud but let's take a moment this morning to pray these two verses over our lives before we conclude
Thank you.